You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the mic. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet. Dane Martinez. You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. The Spittin' Statistician. And you are listening live to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. want to give a big shout-out to our Sports Byline affiliates listening around the country and to the service men and women out there listening on American Forces Radio Network, getting a little taste of home from your boy Speeds, helping you win your leagues and win that cash. I got my man Chris Bavona with me on the ones and twos. Stay so hot that we sweat at steam. We got a great show for you on a Monday. As you know, for weeks, we have been talking about the impact of the Major League Baseball trading deadline coming to pass. I've been telling you about some speculative plays you could make. Well, the deadline has come and gone, and boy, was it a frenetic one. When we come back, before we get into the starters and DFS tonight, I am going to have to reel off a list of trades, a lot of contenders trying to solidify their positions, the Yankees, the Cubs, and boy, what did the Los Angeles Dodgers do to back up Clayton Kershaw in that rotation? We are going to cover it all when we come back on the Fantasy Freestyle. As you know, we are also going team by team, giving you my preview in fantasy football and in real football. This week, we go down to the dirty, dirty. I'm talking about the NFC South, and we kick it off today with the NFC. NFC champions, the Atlanta Falcons. Remember, they were up 28-3 to in the Super Bowl. A lot of people thought it was over. Be honest with yourself. Were you thinking about leaving your Super Bowl party too? So we're going to talk about if that Super Bowl hangover is there, if there's any regression. There's more news about this Kyrie Irving, LeBron James beef that we're going to get into. And you know, we are crowning the best sports movie of all time. The second round of our tournament ends tonight. We got one more spot in the Sweet 16. It's in the basketball region with white men can't jump and he got game. So tell us right now what you're thinking at FNTSY Radio, at Spittin' Speeds on Twitter. That's how we do it. Participation, y'all. When we come back, we're going to get into the trade deadline, all the moves that were made, and what they mean. So come on right back. It's your boy Dane Martinez, Speeds the Spittin' Statistician, right here on the Fantasy Freestyle. Let's go. Quarterback to receiver hookups, running back depth analysis, rookie values in dynasty leagues, deep sleepers, training camp battles. These are just a few of the in-depth features you will find inside the 2017 RotoExperts.com Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Plus, you get a full year of in-season coverage as a bonus. Get the Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package now at RotoExperts.com. Enter free radio at checkout for your special discount. Thank you. 
Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, the spitting statistician, holding you down on a trade deadline Monday in Major League Baseball. Let me tell you something. We got to get into this, okay? And I can understand if your head was spinning today. I'm going to tell you the truth, okay? At At some points, I was like, wait, what just happened? Wait, what does that mean? So here's what we're going to do. We are going to give you all the trades that went down, all the major ones that may impact fantasy, okay? I'm going to give you my cliff notes on them, what it means, okay? But then I promise tomorrow when the dust has settled, because you never know, the trade deadline was like 4 or 5 o'clock. Sometimes the paperwork doesn't get through the league and announcements. Sometimes we hear things late. So I promise you that tomorrow we are going to go a little bit deeper into the trade deadline. Winners, losers, who's playing for now, who's playing for the future, who uh, got hosed, who really improved their team. I'm going to give you a deeper look tomorrow. But for now... Let's talk about what happened over the weekend, okay? First of all, the Yankees are definitely augmenting their rotation. Remember, for them, Michael Pineda went down. They are a team that still thinks they got playoff chances. They traded over the last 72 hours, not for one starting pitcher, but for two. First, they made the deal with the Minnesota Twins to get Jaime Garcia, who about a week and a half ago was on the Atlanta Braves, if you remember. They think Garcia can be a nice little piece at the back end of their rotation and eat up some innings. Remember, the Yankees are now going for this kind of like, my starter goes five or six, and then they got true studs in the bullpen, potentially starting in the sixth inning. When you look at guys like that they acquired from the White Sox, guys like Tommy Canely, guys like David Robinson, then you bring in Batances, then you bring in Chapman. That's the way they are going to try to win. So not only did they get Jaime Garcia, but then late this afternoon, they made the deal that a lot of people were rumoring with the Oakland Athletics for Sonny Gray. They can now put Sonny Gray right up there, right behind Severino, I would say. And if they have a series, they are going Severino 1, in my opinion, Sonny Gray 2, and then you have Tanaka potentially as a Game 3 starter. That's the way the Yankees are going to try to win. I mentioned this. The Mets have made some changes to the back end of their bullpen. They first traded with the Florida Marlins to get A.J. Ramos. Why do I think they like A.J. Ramos? Because he is under team control for a little while. So there is new bullpen arms in New York because they also traded away their current closer, the guy who used to be their eighth inning guy when Familia was there, Addison Reed, is going where? up to Beantown in Boston to augment that bullpen and put him right behind, uh, you know, that guy who's really, really, really good at the back end of, uh, you know, that bullpen for uh, Team USA, whether it be the Red Sox, whether it be, you know, the Braves before that. So they have some studs there as well. The Kansas City Royals are getting Melky Cabrera. Melky Cabrera is going back to Kansas City, and he had actually his career highs, okay, in his first go-around with Kansas City, okay? He had career highs in hits, in home runs, and in RBIs. He's going to go into the middle of that lineup. And remember, the Royals are hot. They are now in playoff position in the second wild card. They look like they are going for it to augment their offense. The Cubs have made a deal with the Detroit Tigers. They are getting two pieces that they need. One, 
reliever from the Tigers, Justin Wilson. I have been telling you for a while that they would go ahead and get Justin Wilson to be at the back end of that bullpen. They are pairing him now with Wade Davis at the back end there. They also got Alex Avia. And I think that's interesting as well because remember, I did a piece a few weeks ago about how the Cubs catchers don't throw anybody out. So now you have Avila out there to help with that. The Colorado Rockies are looking to go heavy with even more offense. They have traded from the Texas Rangers for uh, catcher Jonathan Lucroy. Now Lucroy is a nice offensive catcher. Never really came together for him in the one season he was there in Texas. Lucroy is also going to be a free agent at the end of the year. So this is pretty much a rental it looks like for the Colorado Rockies as they look to keep pace in the NL West. Francisco Liriano has been traded from the Blue Jays to the Houston Astros. Remember, the Astros were in the mix for some of these big-name starters as well. It looks like they settle on Francisco Liriano. He's going to help that He's going to help that rotation, especially as we have Manu's, you know, Keichel did not look great in his first start back from the DL. And also we have news that McCullers is back on the DL. So um, they get a little support from Francisco Liriano. Another move. Remember, I've been talking about the Nationals closer job for a long time. And a couple of weeks ago, they made a deal with Oakland. Remember, they got Sean Doolittle. Remember, they got Ryan Madsen. Well, they've done it again. They had a trade this time with the Minnesota Twins to get their closer, Brandon Kinsler. And Kinsler is going to be in the back end of that bullpen now in our nation's capital. The question is, I still don't know, will he actually be the closer or will it still be Doolittle? If they get opportunities, will it be a kind of mix and match for Dusty Baker? The other part I want to mention with this deal, who's going to close now in Minnesota? And what a lot of people may not know is there's a guy who has just started a rehab assignment last week that has been injured all year and for the better part of the last two years. But when I say the name, you're going to remember him because he used to be the closer out there in Minnesota. I'm talking about Glenn Perkins. And Glenn Perkins might be the guy to make a little speculative ad if you're playing fantasy baseball for the stretch and you just lost the closer you know for example if you had Justin Wilson because he's not the closer anymore for the Cubs you know moving on also though the Los Angeles Dodgers the Los Angeles Dodgers have made big moves today first of all they get a a bullpen arm remember they were in the mix for guys like Wilson as well Um, they got Tony Watson who I think is now going to be in their bullpen in seventh or eighth inning obviously backing up Kenley Jansen and then um, in what could be the deal of the day the Los Angeles Dodgers have traded for Hugh Darvish. And Hugh Darvish, you know, going, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, so he could be a rental. But when you put Hugh Darvish now in that, what I would only imagine is the two spot behind Clayton Kershaw, and you also got Alex Wood, who's been killing it this season. I believe he's like 11 and 1. That's a threesome that is pretty formidable when you talk about Kershaw, followed by Darvish, followed by Wood. I think that's very, very interesting. Darvish will be a welcome addition to the rotation of the L.A. Dodgers, who with the best record in baseball already have been hot for the last two months. They and the Nationals are having some kind of arms race for what looks like to be the NL favorite. Here's what I want to do, though. I also, um, I would be remiss if I did not also mention that over the weekend, Adrian Beltre, Rangers third baseman Adrian Beltre, got his 3,000th career hit. He joins the 3,000 hit club. He is the 31st member of the 3,000 hit club in the 
history of Major League Baseball. However, he is the first Dominican-born player to reach this milestone. Only the third third baseman to reach this milestone, the other two being George Brett and Wade Boggs. And this guy, I mean, come on. He's got over 450 career home runs. He's got three or four gold gloves. This guy, Adrian Beltre, if he wasn't already cemented, he will walk straight into Cooperstown, the Hall of Fame, five years after he retires, or at least he has my vote. The only thing is, don't touch his head, because as you know, he gets very, very angry and will want to fight you if you touch his head. Let me give you some options, though, for tonight. Okay, you got an eight-game slate. Obviously, Sonny Gray was on that slate, but he got pulled with the trade to the Yankees. Um, Luis Severino is up there at 10,100, but here's who I like. I like Charlie Morton against the Tampa Bay Rays. I like Charlie Morton against the Rays. He's at 8,800 on FanDuel. This guy's had 24 strikeouts in his last 18 and two-thirds innings pitched, and the other thing is that the Rays, they strike out most in the American League. Second most in Major League Baseball, okay? Over 1,000 strikeouts already. Them and the Milwaukee Brewers are the only two teams that can say that about. I like Charlie Morton and his strikeout upside tonight against the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, when we come back, we're going to switch gears and go to football, okay? I know that was a whirlwind of all the trades and the implications of such. And like I said, we're going to go a little bit deeper tomorrow in terms of winners, losers, and all that stuff. But we still need to move to football, okay? We're going to be talking about the Atlanta Falcons, the Super Bowl runners-up. And we're going to tell you if there's any fantasy goodness the year following or if, uh, you know, if they're going to have that Super Bowl hangover. All that and more when we come back right here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network, which boy speeds the spitting statistician. Ooh, ooh! RogoExpert.com Executive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Brand new for 2017, RotoExperts.com presents the Executive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Roll with me through the 2017 season as I get you ready to draft and dominate all season long. It's only going to cost you 20 bucks to win your fantasy league this year. Hell, you spend 10 times that on a Friday night and leave empty-handed. The Executive Edge Fantasy Football Package features articles, videos, and rankings that will help you be the man in your home, office, or high-stakes leagues. Plus, you get private access to the Fantasy Executive Snapchat, where you can interact with me directly. Head on over to rotowesperts.com and sign up for the Executive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Chill with me all season long and win big in 2017 with the Executive Edge Fantasy Football Package, powered by rotowesperts.com. Welcome to Atlanta. Yeah, welcome to Atlanta. That's that Luda. And it's your boy, Dane Martinez, right here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Chris Bavona on the ones and twos. The bounty hunter making it so hot that we sweat steam. And Chris, I got to tell you, though, right away, yo, the trollers are going to troll. I got someone saying right away that... I don't know who the closer for the Red Sox is because I was like that guy down in Boston who was with Team USA in Atlanta before that. It's Craig Kimbrell, people. I know what I'm talking about. It's just a mix of like sometimes I like to, you know, be a little loose with it, be a little fun with it, you know, have a little bit of flow. That's what we do here is we drop stats over beats on the fantasy freestyle. But as my man Chris let us know with our intro music. We are going to Atlanta. We need to talk first about a couple news and notes around 
NFL football, okay? Because, listen, training camps are opening, and I told you, we're going to move from this greatest shape of his life kind of story to Camp Buzz, and I've got some Camp Buzz to talk about. First, in Kansas City, there are reports that Tyreek Hill is, quote-unquote, taking his game to the next level, okay? His teammate, cornerback, Pro Bowl cornerback, Marcus Peters, actually says that he is a very technically sound wide receiver and that he is making a ton of plays. Remember, the Chiefs lost Jeremy Macklin in the offseason. He went over to Baltimore, okay? So there is definitely opportunity, and if Tyreek Hill does take that step, there's opportunity for a breakout potential right there as a wideout one for the Kansas City Chiefs. I see him his ceiling, though, as a wideout two for your fantasy team. One thing to note, remember, they've already said Tyreek Hill will not be returning kickoffs. So remember, he did run a couple back last year, so make sure that you're not relying on that if you go ahead and draft Tyreek Hill. Also, in Carolina, okay, they are saying, this is buzz, you know, Camp Buzz. Christian McCaffrey, they are calling, quote-unquote, unstoppable out of the backfield. And you know who's saying this? His teammate also running back Jonathan Stewart. I think it's interesting to note how Jonathan Stewart says that McCaffrey's unstoppable out of the backfield. But he won't talk about McCaffrey, you know, in between the tackles or toting the rock. Because obviously Jonathan Stewart still thinks he's the man for that. But keep an eye out on that and the way they use Christian McCaffrey. I've been talking about this for a while. And we are in the NFC South this week. So I will be talking about the Carolina Panthers. I believe that is Wednesday's show. Also... In San Francisco, I have been pounding the table for a long time about Joe Williams, their draft pick this year, who they went up to get out of Utah, a guy that um, Kyle Shanahan specifically wanted. Well, and, and I also mentioned how Carlos Hyde, they don't necessarily see as a scheme fit. They think he's injury prone. Well, there's been a few reports recently that they're kind of warming up to Carlos Hyde, and that's what you have to do, right? You have to create this buzz because if they wanted to do something with Carlos Hyde, they can't change, you know, they can't deflate his value by their own criticism. So they're hyping him up right now. A lot of praise for the work ethic from Mike Shanahan, or excuse me, from Kyle Shanahan. Also, Interesting to note, Lions tight end Eric Ebron tweaked his hamstring in practice over the weekend. The only thing is he has an injury history, okay? So I want to keep an eye on that. There is a ton of opportunity. A lot of people predict a breakout season for Eric Ebron, especially because of all the opportunity vacated by the loss of Anquan Bolden up there in Detroit. I'm talking third downs. I'm talking red zone. I still think Eric Ebron is a very interesting candidate to have a breakout season from the tight end position. We also got to get into this. There's a lot of talk about Colin Cowell. Kaepernick again. Because as you know, Joe Flacco has the disc issue, the back issue. He is probably going to miss some time. We don't know exactly how long, but they're looking potentially at Colin Kaepernick as a backup. Okay, they are not going to go ahead and work out RG3. I told you they signed this indoor guy as a camp arm, but the conversation has really been in Baltimore around Colin Kaepernick. But here, check this out. Owner Steve Piscotti is saying that he's been inundated with letters from the public about you know, urging them to either sign or not sign Callan Kaepernick. They've also, he came out and said that he's got to listen to the fans. He's got to listen to their sponsors. They've got to listen to their supporters. And I think, I find this kind of interesting because also at the end of this, he said, and please pray for us for whatever decision we make. You know, I, I mean, I understand there's a lot of drama around this, but, you know, I mean, at this point, I think we can say that there are not 60 quarterbacks 
that are better than Colin Kaepernick. You know, all the starters and all the backups. You know, I, I, I've made my point clear on this show that I think he should have a job in the NFL. But I think Baltimore is a touchy situation because, as you know, Baltimore is sort of a, a focal point when it comes to this idea of um, – of police violence. You know, um, some of these things have happened in Baltimore. And so that's exactly part of what Colin Kaepernick was protesting against. So I think it could be pretty sensitive. But here's the other issue. What if signing Colin Kaepernick actually plays well in your community? You know, I mean, remember, I've told you about all the money he's donating, all the other kind of good charity works he's doing, doing more than putting it, putting his money where his mouth is. Isn't there the potential that that actually plays well in the community? And I wonder why no one ever seems to talk about that. You know, and I think, to be quite honest, that was part of the reason he did not ultimately sign in Seattle because I think they were worried. Remember, Russell Wilson is an interesting guy and a guy who many people have reported that um, the locker room is split on Russell Wilson. So, you know, I think part of what Seattle did was they didn't want it, you know, they didn't want to upset the apple cart because what if half the locker room was riding with Kaepernick? You know, so I think this is an interesting thing to watch. I'm going to tell you something. I actually do think that Baltimore could be a place that winds up pulling the trigger, especially because the Harbaugh brothers are obviously in communication and John talks to Jim and John has been saying, no, we've been scouting him all year. No, I've been talking to my brother about him. So I think Baltimore could be somewhere to keep an eye on. But, Let's keep it moving here. We are, in fact, talking about the Atlanta Falcons in terms of our preview today. And listen, I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to be a good team, but I feel like there might be some natural regression because of that Super Bowl hangover. And the other thing is, remember, their their offensive coordinator last year was Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan has moved over and is now the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. And if you remember, as we get into the quarterback position, listen, Matt Ryan won the MVP last year. He was quarterback two on the player raider. This guy threw for 4,944 yards, 38 touchdowns, and only seven interceptions, okay? He was awesome. I mean, he won the MVP. A lot of people, however, credit this to what Shanahan was able to do with Matt Ryan. In years past, Matt Ryan was a guy who would start hot and then at the end of the season kind of fade. I remember last year in the football season even telling you that I thought Matt Ryan would fade. He put it in my eye because he sustained his excellence all season long and ultimately won the MVP award. But I don't know. I don't know if that's going to continue this year. You know, I feel like there's been a couple of, you know, a couple of things around Matt Ryan. He's been like the poster child for kind of like, you know, not watching the film and putting it away. I don't know how this team is going to bounce back in adversity. And what I will also say, and if you listen to Fantasy Freestyle, you've heard me say this time and time again. He will not be a quarterback on any of my teams. Why? Because I am not using the draft capital that it takes to get one of these top five quarterbacks, okay? I'm not going to spend my second-round pick, my third-round pick, my fourth-round pick on a quarterback. And by the time I'm looking to get a quarterback, whether that's in rounds eight or nine or even seven, Matt Ryan won't be on the board anymore, okay? So he's not going to be on any of my teams. Is he probably going to be a top-five kind of quarterback? Maybe, but I think there is some regression. And so, Chris, if you want to know the truth, we're doing – last week we did hashtag sleeper week. This week it's like hashtag busts, right? Right? He is actually my hashtag bust for this team, the Atlanta Falcons, because people are going to pay up to try to get Matt Ryan. I think he'll have a great year, but I don't think he's going to be the MVP again. I think he's going to regress, so that makes him my hashtag bust. But here on the Fantasy Freestyle, you know what we call that, right, Chris? We call he that it's a fugazi. my fugazi. It's a fugazi. What is fugazi? Well, fugazi means uh, phony.
You need to forget about it because he's going to be going pretty high. I do have him ranked ultimately as my fifth highest quarterback. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, is hardcore fading Matt Ryan. He has him all the way down at QB10. Let me tell you something. If nine other teams have drafted their quarterback and Matt Ryan is still available, then you can go out and get him, okay? But I think um, he will not return the value that you expect this year. As we move to the running back position, listen, Devontae Freeman is a beast. He was running back six last year, and I think his contract extension that they're talking about is well-deserved. My man had over 1,500 combined yards, 13 combined touchdowns with over 50 receptions. I like this guy a lot. I think if you're sitting at the back of round one, and Freeman is available, snatch him up and take it to the bank. This is the guy they use in the red zone. They use Devontae Freeman. I think Devontae Freeman, even though Tevin Coleman is there, I think Devontae Freeman is a locked and loaded RB1. I have him as my sixth ranked running back in all of fantasy this year. I think he's a great bet to stay consistent. But here's the thing. So is Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman, in my opinion, is the best number two running back in the NFL. I think when you look at all these committees, I think Tevin Coleman is the best committee member or number two back in the NFL. This guy, he also, you know, he had a combined like 900 yards. He had 520 on the ground, 420 in the air, like... 11 touchdowns himself combined, and he did that in 13 games. Remember, he had that sickle cell issue. I think he is the strongest handcuff in the league. I think he's viable regardless. Okay, I have him ranked as my 18th running back, and Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, has him at 19. So I think there's definitely fantasy goodness. Now, remember, this is a productive offense. They had over 500 points last year, so all these guys we're talking about, Matt Ryan, Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman, all of them are viable, okay? And then here's what we're going to do. What we're going to do is we're going to take a break, okay, because there's a lot of football to talk. When we come back, though, we're going to look at their wide receiver position, Julio Jones, we know, but what else is viable in there? We're going to look at their tight end. This guy is actually my hashtag sleeper week, and then we're going to look at their schedule, and we're going to see because the poll question is their over-under is nine and a half wins for this season. I want to see what you guys say. We got a very interesting poll right now, and according to my man Gabe Morency, he's got an interesting prediction around the Atlanta. Falcons. We're going to come back. We're going to go deeper into the Falcons. We're going to look at their schedule. We're going to look at their wide receivers, all that right when we come back. But remember, if you want to vote, please do so right now at FNTSY Radio, at Spittin' Speeds. You're listening live to the Fantasy Freestyle. Come on right back. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Hip-hop, hooray! Ho! Hey! Yo, this song was so great back in the day. When it came out, I think everybody just got happy. Naughty by Nature made people happy. Whether it was this song, OPP, 
feel me flow. Naughty by nature just makes people happy, and you are happy because you're listening to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network with your man Dane Martinez, speeds the spitting statistician, helping you win that cash. Chris Bavona holding it down. Giving you those hot beats to bob your head because the neck knows. We were talking about the Atlanta Falcons, and let's go to their wide receiver position, okay? Listen, Julio Jones, uh, he's good. He's good at football, okay? He's very good at football. In fact, I would tell you that I think he has the best skill of any wide receiver in the National Football League. If I needed to take one wide receiver and you told me that they would be healthy all 16 games, I'll take Julio Jones. You can have Antonio Brown. You could have Odell Beckham. You could have Mike Evans. You can have Jordy Nelson. You could have A.J. Green. I am taking Julio Jones. I think he is, you know... Pound for pound, skill for skill, the best wide receiver in the National Football League. And remember, he had surgery earlier in the offseason, but they call it minor to remove a bunion. My only issue is that he is a little bit injury prone, and it is with that foot. Remember, he had things like the Jones fracture, the Liz, the Liz Frank, that sort of issue. And that is something that can linger. That is something that it takes a long time to recover for. Um, so if... And he's going to be a first-round pick. So if you want to, uh, you know, roll the dice and think he'll play all 16 games, I completely endorse him as the top wide receiver on the board. But remember, the Atlanta Falcons are such a productive offense, and they will probably be one of the top offenses again this year, that their second and third wide receivers become viable as well. I said the same thing when we were talking about the Green Bay Packers, remember? It's not only... Jordy Nelson, but it's also Devontae Adams. It's also Randall Cobb. So in this situation, it's not only Julio Jones. In this case, it's also Mohamed Sanu, and it's also Tyler Gabriel. Okay, Sanu is going to be more that PPR guy. He's going to be more the guy that gets receptions. He's going to be a guy, you know, he had 635, uh, 653 yards last year. I think he's a viable uh, wide receiver three, even, to have on your team or flex play. Same could be said with Taylor Gabriel. Gabriel is the kind of guy who's going to be more the uh, big play threat or the guy who can catch something underneath and take it to the house. But um, he's also viable. So is their tight end, Austin Hooper. There's actually been a lot of hype around Hooper, okay? He supposedly worked with Matt Ryan in the offseason, and I think that because of this offense, there is enough production to go around. Remember how much Matt Ryan loved having Tony Gonzalez as his tight end? I'm telling you right now, Austin Hooper is my hashtag sleeper week. On this show, we call him a diamond in the rough. Last year, he had only 19 catches. 271 yards and three touchdowns. I think it's possible for him to get 50, 550 yards, maybe six or seven touchdowns. I think it's possible. So does Mike Clay, who does his projections as well. A lot of people are high on Austin Hooper. So if you're going to wait at tight end and knock at the Olsons, the Reeds, the Gronks, okay, I think a viable thing is to wait and potentially get Austin Hooper as a deep sleeper who could return interesting value, remember, in an offense that led the NFL in points scored last year. And not for nothing, Julio Jones is their big X receiver. But guys like Gabriel, guys like Sanu, those are more underneath guys who in the red zone, he may look for Austin Hooper. I like Austin Hooper as a deep, deep sleeper. When you also look at their schedule, I think their schedule is very interesting, the Atlanta Falcons. They play the AFC East as their uh, AFC division they play. But they play all four of those teams in a row. Weeks four through eight early in the season, along with a little bye week in there. They got an early bye week five. I don't like that, actually. I think when you have guys like Julio Jones who may need that blow later in the season and a week off to rest an ankle or a foot, I don't think an early bye suits them that well. Um, They also, it's interesting, they... um, 
You know they play in the Dome. After week 11, which is pretty much like November, they only have one game where they play outside. After week 11, all but two of their games are at home. Week 16, which by the way is the fantasy championship in most leagues, they are at New Orleans in another dome. And boy, when the Falcons and Saints get together, they light up the scoreboard. So if you're positioning yourself for a championship run, take note, Falcons at Saints, week 16 is a week that's going to have a ton of fantasy goodness in the dome. Their only road game that they're outside after week 11 of the season is a game in week 15 where they're at Tampa Bay on the long grass there in Tampa. Okay, one other thing I will say, though. You know how I like to fade the public? And uh, last year on Fantasy Freestyle, or Shot Callers, I talked about the trap game. I think the Falcons' opener is potentially a trap game. They go on the road to... uh, Chicago to take on the Bears and everyone thinks the Bears are going to win only a few games this year everyone thinks the Falcons are primed to repeat and go to the Super Bowl again watch that on the road I can see right away week one the Falcons involved in a trap game but we shall see, right? That's the why. That's why they play the games, as uh, one famous broadcaster used to say. Like I said, though, the poll has them at uh, nine and a half is their over under right now. A lot of you guys are fans of the Falcons. Forty-seven percent of you, and thanks to everybody who's voting at FNTSY Radio at Spit and Speed. You could always ask me questions. You could always follow me. Forty-seven percent of you right now will take the over on that line. So many people think the Falcons will win double digits. Only a third of you, thirty-three percent, say the under. Twenty percent say actually that's a good line. I see them as about a nine or ten win team. So I would not make that bet. I did. I mentioned my man Gabe Morency, who follows us here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Red Heat and Rage, every night at eight p.m. Gabe has responded back. He says he thinks the Falcons are going back to the Super Bowl. I don't know about that. I do not think that the Falcons will return to the Super Bowl. There are some other teams I like in the NFC. I told you about Green Bay. I told you about Seattle. I also got a surprise team in the NFC East when we get to them. But um, Gabe certainly has high expectations for the Falcons. I think there will be some regression. I want to bring in my man, the Bounty Hunter. Hey, Chris, how do we feel about the Atlanta Falcons? Their over-under for their win total is 9.5. Would you be more likely to make this bet? And if you do, which side do you lean, over or under? I'm definitely going over on this one. Really? You're I a big fan of the Falcons? Well, you know what? I, it's not just a bias thing for me. Uh, I do. I consider the Falcons one of my favorite NFL teams outside of the New York Giants. Dirty Birds? The Dirty Birds. They've always been. That was my peewee football team so okay. I have nothing it's it's all sentimental for me that being said I do love this Falcons team I don't think there's going to be necessarily a Super Bowl hangover if anything I think they're angrier and hungrier to get back I think Matt Ryan I think you're right Matt Ryan maybe top 10 I don't think he's MVP I think the MVP of this team this year is running back Devontae Freeman yeah running back Devontae Freeman is going very high he is a first round pick in my estimation I have him as running back five or six um, but I also think Tevin Cole Coleman is viable. That is a backfield, a committee where both guys can be productive. That is how dynamic this offense is. And as we go team by team, okay, I'm giving you what you need, but this is not the only place, okay? Because 
while other people are focusing on their drafts a little bit later this summer as we turn to August, you know the first step in building a fantasy football champion is to be early with it and pick the squad at rotoexperts.com by getting the exclusive edge fantasy football package. The Roto Experts lineup, we've got FSWA inaugural Hall of Famer Scott Angle. We've got nationally acclaimed top ranker Jake Seeley. 2015 and 16 FSWA award winners like Bobby McMahon and Brandon Murchison. Yo, we got depth and upside. I'm talking Mike Florio, Frank Stanfield as well. We bring you a draft package bursting with all pro analysis and in-season coverage that will take you to the title. Get the exclusive edge fantasy football package now at rotoexperts.com. And if you enter promo code free radio, you will get a discount at checkout. And also my man, Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, he's got the executive edge super premium package. Okay. He's going to give you auction values. He's going to give you draft reviews, but what he's also going to do is he's going to give you the fantasy executive Snapchat, okay? This way, all you millennials out there, all the kids, you could snap directly with the fantasy executive and get all the most up-to-date information, all his projections, all his insight via Snap, okay? I think that is the move, and I hooked it up for you, okay? So if you do that, enter the promo code DANE, D-A-N-E, and you will get a special discount. All right, let's keep it moving, though. Here on the Fantasy Freestyle, we put the fun in functional sports. Sports Radio. What I want to do is get into this um, movie battle, okay, Chris, because the second round is ending. This is the last matchup of the second round. We go to the basketball region. We got a 3-6 matchup. It is the three seed. White men can't jump versus the six seed. He got game. I got to tell you something, Chris. A couple weeks ago, remember when I was in California? I was out for a week around July 4th. One of the things I did, I was at Venice Beach, and one of the things I did was take pictures of me recreating the scene with Rudy Harrelson, you know, stretching out there and getting amped up for that first game where he battles Wesley Slipes in like a uh, shootout for $50 that started there. You know, started their relationship. I tried to recreate that. I'm going to tell you right now, my two favorite sports movies of all time are this one, White Men Can't Jump and The Three Seed, in the baseball region, Major League, which has already advanced as well. Even though he got game, I love me some Jesus Shuttlesworth. Um, You know, kind of like a New York story, and I really love it. But anything going up against White Man Can Jump is not going to get my vote. Um, How do you feel about this matchup, Chris? I actually have to go with you the same way on this. As much as I love Denzel Washington, and it seems like Denzel Washington's sports movies, you would think that they would make it far. But no, he got game, might get bounced here. Remember, the Titans got bounced in the first round. Yeah, Denzel not holding it down. We didn't have, like, Hurricane on this, uh, on uh, the... Shameful. Yeah, on the brackets good, either. Denzel, movie. Denzel not doing it when it comes to this. It's more guys like Nick Nolte, Adam Sandler, uh, Kevin Costner that are doing it instead. So you're also with White Men Can't Jump. I am absolutely 110% with Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson and my girl Rosie Perez. We going Sizzler. We going Sizzler. But Billy, as fools that saw with the letter Q. All right, fair enough. And yo, right now, 81% of you agree with Chris and I thinking that White Men Can't Jump should in fact move on but chris i want to give you guys a big shout out you and pete Constadori on the producers you helped me out with one of those last matchups and i believe we were in the football region i believe it was rudy versus any given sunday you want to tell me how that one turned out so basically we all kind of agreed that rudy is just an absolute classic as much as we love al pacino's uh halftime speech probably one of the best with all the inches that you add up there's no doubt. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I love me some steam and Willie Beeman. Yeah. But I'm always cha- chanting, Rudy, Rudy. Absolutely. I will say this, though. Rudy. I will say this. Rudy was offsides on that play at the end of the movie. 
He was offsides um, when he was coming around the edge. I will say that. I do I do love uh, any given Sunday, but I agree with you. Rudy should be advancing and moving on. I will say this also here at Rock and Riley's in Studio 34. We got a Willie Beeman jersey. You know, so uh, hang in here, right here in Studio 34. So, you know, part of my, part of my love goes there as well. But after this matchup, we will be done, and we will have the Sweet 16. We will unveil the Sweet 16 tomorrow, Chris. We'll put it up on Twitter, and we'll kind of do it. We'll dissect it a little bit and see what we expect the Final Four to be. I'm also going to be joined by a special guest tomorrow, Chris. Um, if you remember all the way back in the day when Fantasy Freestyle started, it was Speeds, the Spitting Statistician, and it was all also my man Rocks, Young Fistful of Rings. Well, we are. he is coming to join us tomorrow as we preview his his favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, and then he's going to look at some of these uh, matchups, and we're going to pick a final four together out of the Sweet 16. How's that sound, Chris? I think I love it. That's what I I'm talking about. I think that's how about. we got to do it. That's what I'm talking about. So we'll unveil that. We're going to be previewing the Saints a little bit tomorrow as well. When we come back here, though, today on Fantasy Freestyle, here's what we're going to do. I got one thing. Over the weekend, Kyrie Irving was at a wedding. Chris, I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if you saw this, but I'm going to tell you who else was at that wedding celebrating, yucking it up with Kyrie Irving. And I'm going to tell you what Kyrie Irving did on the dance floor that some people might say just fans the flames a little bit of this issue with LeBron. Okay, so when we come back, we're going to get into that real quick. We're going to set up tomorrow, checking on the polls again. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, Speeds, the spitting statistician right here on the Fantasy Freestyle. Thanks again to all our sports byline affiliates that are listening in today and to the servicemen women on american forces radio network i hope uh, you learned a little bit about the falcons come on back i'll tell you about kyrie irvin it's your boy speeds let's go quarterback to receiver hookups running back depth analysis rookie values in dynasty leagues deep sleepers training camp battles these are just a few of the in-depth features you will find inside the 2017 RotoExperts.com Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. And it's power-packed with so much more, including fully sortable player projections and a custom cheat sheet generator. Plus, you get a full year of in-season coverage as a bonus. Get the Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package now at RotoExperts.com. Enter free radio at checkout for your special discount. Could never go wrong with a little Andre 3000 and Big Boy. They make up Outcast. My man Chris Pavona bringing you in with a little bit of Outcast. Keeping it so hot that we sweat steam. I'm your boy Dane Martinez, speech spitting statistician, and you are listening to the Fantasy Freestyle. All right. Here's what I was mentioning before, because we only got a couple of minutes before Gabe Morenzi comes on with Red Heat and Rage right here every night on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Kyrie Irving was at a wedding over the weekend. And I don't know if he knew he was being filmed or videoed or not, but you got to assume there's always cameras out there. He was chilling the whole night with who? With Steph Curry. Steph Curry and Kyrie acting like they boys on the dance floor. There are videos out right now. You can check it out on social media. Kyrie Irving, you know, dancing in the cypher with Steph Curry. But check out what were they doing? Kyrie Irving's dance was a mock impression of LeBron James. Okay, he was like trying to mimic or imitate LeBron James and like making fun of him. And everybody was laughing. People were like, get him, get him. So that's what Kyrie's doing 
behind the scenes, I'm telling you, it sounds like this animosity is real. It sounds like Kyrie might be on the move if they can, in fact, trade him. And remember, teams like Minnesota, Miami, San Antonio, and even your New York Knicks are still viable. Speaking about basketball, um, earlier in the spring and summer when my man Donnie Burns, the love doctor and basketball correspondent, was on, we were talking about the big three a lot as well. I don't know if you saw, but Allen Iverson was a no-show. For uh, the big three, where over 15,000 attended in Dallas this weekend. And so uh, now there's a little bit of issues. They're investigating because he didn't let anybody know. I think that's really interesting. We're going to reset in the big three a couple of uh, next week because they're almost in the playoffs. The trilogy, that's that team with Kenyon Martin, Al Harrington, Rashad McCants. They are still undefeated at 6-0. and The three-headed monsters are 5-1 and in second place. So I just wanted to catch you guys up on that as we talk basketball, whether it's three-on-three basketball or whether it's... It's the uh, drama that Kyrie continues to fan. Looks like he's going hard after LeBron. He wants out. I'm telling you, he truly wants out. When we come back tomorrow, my man Rocks will be back on the Fantasy Freestyle. Young fistful of rings as we break down the New Orleans Saints. And we also unveil the Sweet 16 of the greatest of all time movies. Also, winners and losers of the Major League Baseball trading deadline. All that tomorrow with your boy Dane Martinez. Speeds the spitting statistician right here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Peace.